Before we get going, please do not forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. This helps us get the show out to as many people as possible. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Couch Guys Sports. Thanks, guys, for listening, and enjoy the show. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 141, Nick Qualia, Jared Scally. The obvious news of the week, and we're going to get into it. The Boston Red Sox, mostly the Houston Astros, but it's a Boston-based sports podcast. So we got we got to we got to relay it back to the Red Sox. And one maybe, I, I, like, look, Jared's playing with the 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 emotions thing for people watching the actual video version of this. I don't know if this is coming through. Just a heads up. But anyway, Alex Cora, I mean, this guy's in hot water. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Cora, and it. It sucks, and we're going to talk about it more once we get into the meat of the show. I, I want to make it the last topic because I think we're going to go longest on this, but Alex Cora was one of these managers that after his first season, and even after last season, it was a little disappointing. There was nothing like with John Farrell when his team started to struggle. You were like, okay, this isn't the guy. John Farrell, you knew, was not the guy. Alex Cora gave me that feel that he was the guy long term that he was going to be here for like like a Terry Francona type whatever 7 years was it whatever Terry Francona was i think it was 7 years um like like that kind of a manager like here for the long haul here for the long term until until things had to to be shook a little bit shook up apparently i don't know if that's going to be the case we're going to talk more about it but first Jared yes Nicholas weekly dump Pew, 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 pew. Red Sox are cheaters. So, first thing of the week we dump is the divisional round. The divisional round was huge this week. The divisional round was awesome. Do any money? Week. The Tennessee did, Titans. Did you do any money? Oh, oh, I am riding the Titans train hard right now, oh, pal. Love it, baby, love it. Oh, you better love it. You better believe I'm all my money down on the Titans. I've been to. I did it after. I did it this week. It worked out very well in my favor. Thought the Titans look Mike Vrabel the way he has this team going right now. This team is this team would take bullets for Mike Vrabel. Oh yeah, this team's taking I mean, on his. You're wa- you watching the way his. I mean, he learned the mindset from here, but just every since they played the Patriots, right? It's the oh, I don't care about them. I haven't had a paycheck from the Patriots logo on in years. Like just like yeah. the fu mentality to everybody. Mike Vrabel is on a war path, and it does not stop until he gets to Miami. No, and I look, I think the Titans can do it. And you know, I got laughed at to start the playoffs when I was like, I think the Titans can beat the Patriots. And people were like, Why? Ryan Tannehill's not that good. Okay, no, yeah. Not. Look at the massive linebacker you have playing running back for you, first of all. Look at the great coaching defensively. The Titans have the makeup of a two thousand one Patriots team. The crazy thing is, and you're right, that's hundred percent the makeup. It's the same. You, the, the two things that make me want – there's two things that make me want the Titans to get to the Super Bowl. One, because then we can sit here and say, Ryan Tannehill, Super Bowl quarterback. And then maybe if they win, Ryan Tannehill, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Makes, That's disgusting. Makes Adam Gates look like an idiot. Looks look even worse. And two, because I want Mike Vrabel back in the spotlight, but also like Mike Vrabel not free of the Patriot chains like Patri- on Super Bowl media day would be amazing. Like Mike Vrabel has a personality that I think people knew he had, but not to this extent – and now that oh, he's yeah, no longer he'll, confined he'll, he'll, by yeah. the Patriots way and behind Bill Belichick, 
Vrabel just goes off every yeah, which way. You're right, I and he'll do it. that. He'll do that on media day. I just love the story of the Titans, and a lot of people are counting them out. So next on the weekly dump, the Chiefs insane game. So I'm not. I was at my aunt's house, right? I leave me and me and my girlfriend leave my aunt's house. It's all the way down in Swansea. We're driving 45 minutes, 50 minutes back up to Braintree. I leave when the Texans are up 21 to nothing. I'm like, this is unbelievable. The Chiefs, they can't catch anything. Patrick Mahomes is hitting everybody in the hands. Everybody's dropping the ball. There's muff punts. There's muff kickoffs. It is insane. And then I get in the car and I drive home and I walk into the house and I go, hey, what's the score? And I hear 28 to 24. And I was like, who? It was the Chiefs. Like, right. How did the Chiefs make this comeback? And they didn't stop. Chiefs, 51 to 31 final score. Patrick Mahomes put on a clinic. Did you see his girlfriend's video? His girlfriend is a psychopath. His girlfriend's the worst. In every which he way, was. psychopath. That was disgusting. Like, And I think a lot of Patriots fans are now rubbed the wrong way because <laughs> that was, of... There was, that was so much disgust. That is disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> Look... I think we're, we were we were all rubbed the wrong way when she was here for the Chiefs Patriots game. I think since then, I think most Patriots fans are making things up. Like just you're disgusted with her, and you're fan, of course yeah, like, get yelled at. Go away! Like I've made a I've made a Saints fan cry here at Gillette Stadium. Like it happens. Get over it. Like yeah, it's and and she was she was acting like it was the first time it ever happened. But Seriously. this that video that she put out of her just screaming, like if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm almost like, hey, can you shut up, <laughs> like, please? Yeah, I'm almost like, hey, man, hey, sweetheart, like, I love you, but seriously, you need to shut up or I'm gone. Like, and I get and I totally understand, like the cheering, like, fine, get it. I get it. It's your boyfriend, whatever. But she is so obnoxious about it. And, and, And this isn't even coming from a jealous Patriots fan standpoint, because if you have these conversations with the opposing fan bases, they're like, oh, it's just because the Patriots aren't in it. No, that's not. It's not because the Patriots. It's because this is her voice too. Oh my God, makes me want to rip my ears out. Oh it was my horrible. God, for all you here's, haters who will. Here's the video. Like, okay, first of all, the haters who thought you were gonna lose that game. They thought you were gonna lose that game because you were down twenty-four to nothing. Hey, <laughs> it Patty, wasn't hey, like Patty, hey Patty Mahomes, uh, you might want to let that one go. It was just saying, you might want to just like, say goodbye. They weren't underdogs. There weren't people who were like the Chiefs. You know, I think they're gonna lose to the Texans. They were overwhelmingly the favorites. Everybody knows the Texans choke, which they do. They yeah. were overwhelmingly the favorites going into the postseason, at least for the first game, the divisional round. Who knows when they would have ended up facing the Ravens, but. What are you talking about, haters? You were down tw- 24 to nothing. Of course people are going to think that you're going to lose. This is partially why I want the Titans to beat them, because I just want her. I can't see her post any more videos. I just can't do it. I want I want them to lose because of her. I don't even, like, I would rather probably watch a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl than anything else at this point. Patrick Mahomes seems like a great dude. Yeah, I love like, that. I'm honestly rooting for Patty Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. I think Andy Reid finally deserves one, all that stuff. But if because of his girlfriend, I want the Titans to go in there. Derek Henry went for like 400 yards. Tannehill throws for like five, and they win the game because that's how it goes. <laughs> no, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's thrown for less than 190 yards. Joe Burrow's last night. I think this is a true stat. I'm the one who tweeted it, so I I, I hope it's a true stat. 
Joe Burrow threw for more yards in a quarter last night than Ryan Tannehill has in his first two playoff games. Oh, yeah, no, it's 100% true. It's, it's <laughs> Joe Burrow, by the way, insane game. I hope he doesn't get ruined by the Bengals. Oh, I am God, he's so good. He's I'll feel, so I'll feel good. terrible. I, he's, he's, he's one of the best college prospects. And I don't watch much college football, but he's one of the best college prospects I've ever seen. Because there's so many guys that, like, when they come out of college, I see these analysts who are like, this guy is NFL ready. And then I watch him play, and he looks like a college quarterback. You watch Joe Burrow play. And he looks like an NFL-ready quarterback. He looks like a guy who could put a team on his back and be a legitimate quarterback. Do you remember when RG3 was a legitimate NFL quarterback coming out of the draft, too? That was fun. Um, but we knew that was going to happen. Tears his ACL. He's a little running back who's running around in circles. Eventually, you're going to get hurt. Mike Vick syndrome. Same thing. Got hurt. Mike Vick. Phenomenal, aside from his off-field issues. Phenomenal quarterback. Phenomenal athlete. But he kept getting hurt because he kept running around. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers continue to roll, beating the Vikings 27-10. And next week, they will be facing off with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who beat the Seahawks at Lambeau Field 28-23. to That was a good game. A lot of people are upset, upset about the, the line. The, there was a play where Jimmy Graham caught the ball going for the first down. It was third down at the time. Or was it fourth down? I think it was third down. And Jimmy Graham got tackled. It looked like it looked like it was short with the yellow line, but then if you back it up, it turns out that it was a first down. Whatever it was, the Packers, they won the game. They're going on to the NFC Championship to San Francisco to face the 49ers. And then, I mean, we just mentioned Joe Burrow, the national championship last night. Did you watch any of that? Uh, a little bit of it. So first of all, problem with the national championship, it's on way too late. That thing lasts so long. I think it went till 1230 last night. I have stayed up every single year for for however many years now watching the national championship game. I couldn't stay up all I couldn't stay up for the entire game last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't I just couldn't do it. It wasn't good. It was a it's, good game. But I mean, yeah, it was a good so game. Late. And I meant like the end. Like, that's the problem, too. Like a lot of us. And this is this sounds like a spoiled Patriots fan thing to say. But every time the Patriots play primetime, we hate it. Like we, I think, I think, I know you do the same thing. I look at every Sunday night football game the Patriots ever ever had in the last five, ten years, and go, "Ugh, those were long ass nights and long Monday mornings." College football's worse though. It's like I think the game went four hours last night. Yeah, which blows my mind. It shouldn't go as long. I don't know like, why it goes so long, but it goes so long every single season. LSU beats Clemson, hands Trevor Lawrence's first loss, forty-two to twenty-five in the national championship game. And with the biggest news of the week that we're going to get into deeply, as one Donald Trump would say, deeply, the MLB finally handed down their punishment against the Houston Astros after they were accused of a sign-stealing scheme back in November. The scheme was alleged to have happened all throughout the 2017 season, and apparently that included the playoffs. Rob Manfred decided that A.J. Hinch and GM Jeff Lunau would both be suspended one full season, and the team would be handed the max fine of $5 million plus the loss of their first and second round picks in both the 2020 and 2021 drafts. Massive punishment. Owner Jim Crane then announced shortly after the report was released that both A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau have been fired. Mm. And the Red Sox aren't off the hook. Through the report, it became apparent that Alex Cora was the lone non-player involved in the scheme. I'm going to talk about that more, too, once we get into it. 
His punishment has not been announced yet as the MLB is still looking into the Red Sox allegations from the 2018 regular season. But per Jeff Passan, his punishment is expected to be worse than Hinch's. Antonio Brown is still <sighs> being Antonio Brown. Did you see that video? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So there, I guess, I, I guess his baby mama showed up. Tried to get some clothes for the kids. Found the key to the car. I don't really know what happened. This is just things I've been picking up off Twitter. Found the key to the car outside. Tried to take the car. He called the cops. Cops show up. He starts. I don't know why you have to. I don't know why Antonio Brown feels the need to put everything on social media. Posting this on Instagram. Because it's Antonio Brown. And at this point, it's just like, ugh. He's throwing bags of dicks at him, which I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Legitimate bags of dicks. I don't know. Where you get a bag of dicks from? I think he actually posted the website. I think he's sending a bag of dicks to the NFL. He said something about that today. Antonio Brown. I don't know if he's and I'm gonna and I want to make this like a main topic once we actually get into the show. I don't know if he's ever gonna play in the NFL again. If he I mean, keeps can, this up, man, he's not. If he can, can if he keeps doing guy? what he's doing, there's no way. It's it's he's been asinine. And then Julian Edelman was arrested in L.A. this weekend, late Saturday, after he jumped on the hood of a Mercedes, damaging it. And that night, guess who he was hanging out with? The Paul Pierce and Danny Amendola. What a crew. I would would kill to hang out with that crew. Whatever they were doing, besides jumping on the hood of Mercedes and, and getting arrested, Paul Pierce, Danny Amendola, and Julian Edelman sounds like probably the best crew to hang out with besides unless you include like Manny Ramirez or Pedro into that group of going out on the town that sounds like a blast oh, give me, give me I, I would love to hang out with Pedro Pedro's one of those guys I would love to hang out with for a day I want to hang out with KG for a day that'd be a blast let's yeah, do that I would love get to some, hang out with you get into some weird shit too and I'd I be, feel like I'd be cares. exhausted though I feel like that's intense I feel like you don't know what you're going to get into when you're with KG well that's why it's <laughs> worth it you do it for a day man you got to see what it's like day in the life do of KG. It for day. Never again. I love KG is my favorite Celtic of all time. I don't know if you knew that, He's but I too. feel like I feel like I would be exhausted after a day of hanging out with Kevin Garnett. All right, that was the weekly dump, baby. Pew. Pew. Guys, before we keep going, parts of the Couch Guy Sports podcast is powered by Seated. Seated is a fast-growing mobile app that allows restaurant goers to earn rewards and gift cards simply. For making reservations through the app. Seated is currently available in the following cities, New York, Boston, Chicago, Philly, and Atlanta, and is coming soon to San Francisco, LA, Washington, DC, Houston, Miami, Austin, Denver, Providence, big around here, Providence, and Seattle, which means more and more opportunities for earning referrals, earning rewards. I wrote that wrong. Click the link in the description below the podcast and below the YouTube video. Sign up and book your table in some of the hottest restaurants in Boston and soon Providence helping not only us, but you by getting rewarded for just reserving a table. I actually did use it this weekend. Me and my girlfriend, we went out to Boston. It's a good app. It's a great app. Super easy, super simple. Boom, boom. I had my reservation. I got rewards for it. Phenomenal. Guys, click the link in the description of the podcast and of the video below. Use it. Download the app. It's great. Seated. Find it in the app store. Food. Seated. Food. So this is the first topic that I actually wanted to talk about tonight was we talked about it last week, but it's going to dominate the NFL cycle all season, all off season. And it's Tom Brady 
Oh, Tom, not Andy Dalton. Not Andy Dalton. No, well, yeah. You know what? If not I have Gardner to Michoud. hear, if I have to hear the rumors of Andy Dalton or the speculation of Eli Manning coming to New England, I'm gonna kill myself. That's all I heard today on the radio. Good old Felger oh, Mass. Bring me Andy Dalton on the cheat. Why? <sighs> Andy Dalton sucks. Gag me. Beast, Andy Dalton stinks. I do not. You know what? Honestly, he'd pr- he'd probably be better with the Patriots with Bill Belichick. But I don't want to see Andy Dalton here. I don't want to see Eli Manning here. It's not worth it. If you're not going to have Tom Brady and you're not going to go and draft a guy who you think can start right away, or if you're not going to go get a guy like I would even take like a Marcus Mariota Damn. over these two. Just let no. Let's sit him play. At that point, let's sit him play. And that, but that's my point. Let's sit him play. Why not? Ew. Like at that point, Marcus where do you have to look? Mariota? Are you kidding? He had the same Tennessee team and couldn't do crap with him. <laughs> yeah. Are you well, kidding? You gotta, me? You, you gotta, you gotta look at the. I think that he would do better with the Patriots. I, the guy had a lot I of mean, talent. Everyone would do better with the Patriots. Doesn't mean they're gonna be good. Yeah, I just don't deal with. I do not want to look at Andy Dalton in a Patriots uniform. I don't want to look at Eli Manning in a Patriots uniform. There is no way that I want to see either of those guys here in New England. But Tom Brady, the whole main point of of. His conversation really all season long, all off season long is going to be, is he going to come back? Yes. And there are some things that were said this week that make me kind of think that he might be coming back. And there's something that we've seen with Tom Brady now over the years. Whenever there's a new contract to be worked out or whenever there is a contract being worked out, he's not going to he's not going to take a hometown discount. We hear that all the time. He's not going to take a hometown discount. He's going to get paid this time, and he always backs off. Jared, what would, what would be different this year? It's a, a, he always caves. And between the, last year and this year, there is no, I mean, the only difference is because they really, like, they, they well, people claim they didn't try to get him weapons. Patriots tried. They just made the wrong decisions. They signed like, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I mean, I loved it. I, I still stand by it, but he's just an idiot and, and self-imploded. Um, they had Demarius Thomas. They... Thought they were right with Antonio Brown, so they let him go. Uh, they tried with Muhammad Sanu, and, and Sanu was the guy that Brady wanted. So, you know what? Can't complain about that one. Um, because Sanu, Sanu at the time didn't seem like a bad move. Second round pick seemed like a lot, but you've got the guy for another year, and he's not, it's not like you traded for this bump. You know, it's not like you traded for a guy who's never had success. He's a, he, he was a talented receiver with Atlanta. And honestly, when he comes back to the Patriots next year, unless they trade him or cut him or whatever. He's probably going to be good next year. He'll probably yeah, I, be he'll probably be better than what he was this year, mostly he has, because he's going to get training camp under his belt. Well, Snoo has history of being good. I mean, like except this year, I, I kind of use the ankle as his excuse because he hasn't been he wasn't healthy. Um, he was on that Atlanta team you beat in the Super Bowl. He was a good part of that team. So like he has some talent. You just got to see if he can play healthy. And if Tom comes back, that's a huge win for him too. So he went on the Greg Hill Show this week, and he also went on his buddy Jim Gray of Westwood One. They have the contract. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. So with Greg Hill, he said, quote, the contract things, I think, a week after the season. I would say these things haven't even started to pick up. We're a week removed from the end of our season. There's a lot of time to figure things out. I don't think any player or team is ready to make any commitments at this point. And I'm sure as the offseason progresses, those things will take care of themselves. I'm a certain I'm, I'm at a certain point in my career where people think that what I am doing is a degree impossible. 
For me, it is about continuing to prove to myself that I can lay it all on the line. We can still try and achieve the ultimate goal, which is winning Super Bowls. So, I mean, right there, he's basically talking about coming back to the Patriots. That's not that doesn't sound like a guy who's going away. That doesn't sound like a guy who's suddenly going to a different team. That sounds like a guy who's saying, look, we're go- I'm going to talk to the front office. I'm going to talk to Mr. Kraft. I'm going to talk to Bill Belichick. I'm going to talk to them both. We're going to work something out and I'll be back next year. And I think we can still win a Super Bowl. I don't what's think he's that- talking about winning a Super Bowl with another team, what's whether it's L.A. or Miami. You don't bring out winning a Super Bowl. If you don't think you're coming back, because who who knows where you end up, right? You don't say I'm going to exactly. about winning a Super Bowl and then go to Oakland or Vegas, whatever. You know, you don't you don't say that out loud. And to be honest, Nick, this message and and kind of the way he's been handling things outside of his personal real estate, you know, it's been pretty consistent of what he's been like the last few years. It's a hey, our season just ended. Um, you know, it was a tough season. I need to just decompress, be with my family, take care of my body. We're all doing that yeah. right now. Um, when the time comes, we're all going to sit down, have a conversation, and the contract will take care of itself. That's like almost pretty close to verbatim of what he says almost every year. The contract will take care of itself. That means so, I'm probably going to cave, and you'll see me next year in my number 12 jersey. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good so, year. We'll see you in August. So, I'm, not com- so, I'm not coming to camp. I'm not coming to spring workouts. I'm not coming to any of that bullshit, but I'll see you in August. The contract. Let's talk about the contract because this is something that I thought about this week and and I've heard some other people talk about it. And do you think that Tom Brady's contract for next season, because he does, he wants something done. And I think the end of the game here is respect. He wants to be respected. He wants to have a contract that says, Hey, you know, Tom, we appreciate the hell out of everything that you have done for us over these past 20 years, whether or not you think that's babyish or not, whatever. Do you think that his contract at this point in his career right now, now that he's a free agent technically, right? Or I guess not technically, but he will be if he doesn't sign a new contract soon. Do you think that his contract is more money? Do you think he wants more money or do the years matter to him more? So it's what matters more to him, the years, the years or the money? He, he, he wants to know where he's going to be. How uh, cheap do you think they can get him, though, per year? Uh, I mean, I think the most they're going to have to chill out to keep him is like 20, 25 mil. Um, and look, that's a lot. I still think it's a discount for what he probably could get somewhere else. Cause again, chargers, Raiders, uh, Titans, you think Mike Brable wouldn't be dishing out some cash to Tom Brady, to have him come play for him for the last couple years of his career. Tom Brady, might Tom Brady to shove it in Bill's face and the Patriots face for not paying him. They, he might take a major discount to go play there. Dude, you imagine what the Titans would do and Mike Vrabel would do with Tom Brady. Yeah. Give everybody and, the finger on the way out. And think about this, right? If you play, I, I think the Titans are the best landing spot for him if he doesn't play here because you look at the situation. Two solid receivers. Two solid, two solid receivers. Still have a decent running. I mean, Derrick Henry is your solid running back. You, still, you have former teammate Deion Lewis in the backfield, which you can utilize him like you used to here. And then on top of that, you have your former teammate now as your head coach, which means you can get away with a lot, be kind of flexible, run the offense. And as long as you go and win, no one cares. And now you and Mike Braywell can go stick it to Bill again together. So and it's, still it's, be wearing blue. And it's the, the scheme can be, you know, his offense. They can run an offense that Brady's comfortable with. You're still in blue, right? It, Tennessee makes a lot of sense if he doesn't stay. It does, but I think I think that if the Patriots are willing to give him so he's forty two, so he wants to play until he's forty five. He's made that abundantly clear now. If they give him two years guaranteed, I think he would take a cheaper deal. I don't think it would be that cheap. I don't think it would be something that's like 18 you know, mil. 16, 17, 18 mil. But I think that 
if you gave him two years guaranteed, I think that's what he wants. I think he would come back at maybe 23 mil again. And that doesn't even sound like a great deal, but it's it's better than going into next season without with a quarterback who you don't know if you're going to be successful with or not. Because, you know, that's that's Bill's whole M.O. That's always been Bill's game plan. Who is the best option that's going to win us football games? Are you telling me right now that's not Tom Brady? Because you don't know what Jared Siddham's going to do. You don't. And then all the other options, Andy Dalton, Eli Manning, Marcus Mariota. Well, we said this You earlier, know Brady would give them better production at this point in his career. He just well, would. So if you want to win, if Bill wants to win, he, I think he has to understand that Tom is... Tom is the answer to winning right now if you build, if you get more weapons around him. The weapons are key, but if you give him the years, I think he'll come back at maybe the same rate, maybe even a little cheaper. He's the best option at winning, point blank. So I think that's what you have to do. You have to figure out a way to get Tom back here. I think Tom's the best bet for now, but I also think he's kind of your best bet for the future. Because if Tom comes back on I mean, a two-year... I mean, how in the future? Like, three years. If, t- if Brady comes back... No, hear me out. If Brady comes back for on a two-year deal, that number you're talking about... Isn't Jared Stidham a lot more ready to play in two years, in three years from now? Yeah, if he's not. So this is his first year. I think he's got, what, three more years left on his rookie? So so if if Brady comes back and plays for two, Stidham develops those same two years. I mean, yeah, he looked like crap when he came to that one game he played and threw a pick six. But, you know, there's a lot of of rumblings out there that he's gotten a lot better at practice. He obviously is not going to get the chance to play. But he's looked really good and got a lot better at practice. So if you get two more years of solid reps, you know, get those preseason games in, it's essentially what Jimmy G got to do. Who says he's not ready in two years when Brady finally wants to hang it up? Like, they would have kept Jared Sidham if they didn't feel like he had a chance to be the guy. And if you can give him two more years to develop, then good. That's that. I think that's the you win now. You build a team around Tom, and you still have some young pieces like Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, these guys who can play even after Tom's done to help out Jared Sidham. Another key to this conversation, the developments kind of unraveled this week. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels got passed up again. This guy got bullied this offseason. So the past few offseasons, McDaniels usually is like, it's, it sounds like he's the leading candidate for a million jobs. This year, it was almost like he was actually going to take one. I thought he was for sure going to be gone. But... All of those open roles, Carolina, New York, Cleveland, all jobs that he was up for, they all decided to take somebody else. Didn't he only interview for one? Wasn't Cleveland Cleveland the only interview we actually had? Yes, and it sounded like it went great. His wife was there. He was there for a long time. They passed up on him. New York. New York didn't even let him through the door before they hired Joe Judge. That's probably going to be a salty relationship now. And then Carolina brought in a, a college coach with no NFL experience. I think the Cle- the Cleveland thing, I, it sounds like it's more of it just wasn't a good fit. And both teams decided that, you know what, maybe we're not a good relationship. And the big part of that, and I've seen this multiple places now, and that's kind of why I believe it. It's the Josh McDaniels wanted change in the organization, the way it's structured. He wanted, he wanted, yeah, he wanted to kind of be Bill and just do his he own thing. He wanted to be Bill. He wanted to come in and do his own thing, build his own team. The structure wasn't working, and Cleveland, for some reason, thinks that what yep. they're doing is working, so they said no, um, and so they just mutually decided, you know, it's screw. This isn't a good fit. Um, but at that point, it was the only interview we had left, so there was nowhere else to go because Cleveland wasn't – I mean, Cleveland's now gone. Carolina was gone. Giants didn't even let him in the door. So at that point, it's like, all right, I guess I'm going back to New England. 
So I, it's, I don't it's not think like it the was, money matters. He gets paid like a head coach in New England anyway. Oh, he still is. The, he's the highest paid. He's the highest paid coordinator in the league because Kraft wanted him to stay. And I still, I so strongly believe that he's not going to be a head coach until it's for the Patriots. I, I think he's here. I think he's not going anywhere. Um, I do think that he was partially thinking about leaving this more this year than with the Indy, with the Indy situation. But some teams not even letting him in the door, doing interviews this quickly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but I just think at this point it's going to be a replacing Bill Belichick thing. So does him staying? This was going to be my question. Does him staying help keep Tom Brady with the Patriots? Oh, ten thousand percent. Does, does think- Tom Brady now take? Maybe longer years at, at cheaper money because he knows that he's got the same guy who's not going to change anything on him. I think so because you have to think about the McDaniels thing, right? Brady is pretty much allowed, like Belichick pretty much lets McDaniels and Brady do their thing, right? And and they have trust in that relationship. If you have a new offensive coordinator coming in, how much more closely does Belichick have to work with Brady, right? And, yeah. and the offensive coordinator. And I think Belichick wants to do that. I think at this point, Brady wants to keep not as far away from Belichick as possible. But I think Brady wants his relationship with someone else besides Belichick, which he has with McDaniels. So if and he's Josh at the stays, point of his career where he just where he's old, he doesn't want to have to rebuild another relationship. No, he just wants to come in, do his thing, work with the guys he knows. So think about this, right? If you take a little bit a two year guarantee, a little bit of a pay cut, still work with Josh for the next two years, isn't that sound a lot better than flying to Vegas, moving your whole family to Vegas? Who, by the way, you just moved into your new house in Connecticut to go play for the Raiders, to go play out west in the Chargers, like no, the 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 Patriots need Brady. Brady still really does need the Patriots to play till he's 45, and it it just makes too much sense now if McDaniel's coming back. Um, everything kind of the way it's been in place so far, he's, they're not going to hear about this until after March 15th because he wants to talk to other teams, I think. But when he went out and was a free agent that one time, he played the field. McCourty went out. We all thought he kind of was leaving, and the Patriots matched it, and he's been here ever since. So I think you're gonna see, you're gonna hear about Patriot. I mean, uh, Brady meetings with other teams, and then all of a sudden the Patriots are going to swoop in and take care of business, and, and he'll be back here. All right, now let's move on because uh, there's, a, there's a big old topic going on in Boston right now and Houston and the MLB. Altuve, the changeup's massive, coming. <laughs> massive, news, massive news in the MLB this week. Houston, they got their punishment smacked right across their stupid cheating faces. Evan Drellick and Ken Rosenthal absolutely dismantled this story, took it apart piece by piece, and was like, okay, we're going to get you guys. We're going to get you motherfuckers. Four sources, including Mike Fires, who, you know what? Shout out to Mike Fires, too, who pitched for the Houston Astros in 2017, 2015 through 2017. Shout out to Mike Fires, who was like, you know what, guys? I don't care if you say that it was me giving you guys this information. These guys, they were cheating. Sorry, they just were. So we don't have to go over all the details because obviously at this point, if you care about this story, you know already what happened. Garbage can, center field camera set up on the catcher signals. Signals directly fed into the dugout hallway. Houston then banging on a garbage can, signaling to the batter what was coming. Massive, massive story. And apparently that wasn't it. Because Evan Drellick and Ken Rosenthal also reported that... What the Red Sox were doing in 2018 with the replay room, with getting the signals and then relaying that to the runner on base, Houston was doing that too. And you know who orchestrated that? Alex Cora. Big D and Alex Cora is where all of this ties in. So Alex Cora, according to the final report, oh, plus we already we read the punishments earlier. AJ Hinch suspended a year. Jeff Lunau suspended a year. Boom, fired both of them. Million, $5 million fine, and then four draft picks, first and second round, 2020-2021, taken away. 
The Red Sox have not been punished yet for their 2018 sign ceiling scandal that we are now waiting for the punishment towards Alex Cora. The reason why this relates so much to Alex Cora, you may ask. Nick, why does this relate so much to Alex Cora? Let me tell you. Alex Cora orchestrated this whole thing, and that was heavily outlined. I don't, you, I'm assuming you didn't read the nine page commissioner letter. No, you, you did, though, because you're a psychopath, I'm sure. Yes. So Alex Cora was the MLB took Alex Cora by the collar to put his face in the dirt and just dragged him through this because they made it known multiple times throughout this entire letter that this was a player driven scandal in Houston, except for bench coach at the time, Alex Cora. They said it multiple times. So Alex Cora was the lone guy who was not a player who was involved in the scandal. He had the camera set up in center field. He had the monitor set up in the hallway. A.J. Hinch did not want this to happen, but he never said anything. This is also detailed. A.J. Hinch, being the manager, you should have said something, which is why he's in trouble, but he didn't. I don't know if he was just soft about it, but he didn't want to tell him, hey, guys, I don't like that you're cheating. He physically damaged the monitors in the hallway twice. And Cora and the players just fixed them and just put new ones there. They didn't take the hint. That was supposed to be A.J. Hinch's hint. They didn't take the hint. So Cora was just the mastermind behind this. He was the mastermind behind what happened in Boston. And now we're here. So really the question is, with seeing what happened with A.J. Hinch, with what happened to Jeff Lunau, Alex Cora, he's going to get fired. He's gone. He's got to be gone, right? Is it a bad look um, by John Murray if he doesn't fire him? I think it's a bad look that they haven't already fired him, to be honest. Well, you've got to wait so... the investigation for the Red Sox one's not done yet. Okay, but you know, look how much he's mentioned in that report, Nick. You know he's <laughs> you just – if it wasn't for the fact that he did it again in, here in Boston – it would already be out that he was spending for a year and all this stuff. So yeah. you know it's going to be at least a year. He's going to get that $5 million fine. That's the max. So you look at all that situation. If you're the John Henry and the Red Sox, you got to look at this and go, you know what? This doesn't look good. we got to cut bait. We can find someone else. Bring in Veritech for a year to appease the fans. Who cares? Like, I think Alex Core is great, and I think overall he probably is a good manager. But when you do this twice in two different locations, both times you cheated, you won a World Series – the lifetime ban thing is also a possibility right now, Nick. And I don't, I don't take that lightly when I say that it's a possibility, but there's a good chance that Alex Cora is gone from baseball when this comes out in a month or two. So when this, when this podcast comes out, he might be gone. Because there is now, this is per Ty Anderson. Ty Anderson, Bruins reporter. Quote, Breaking everything else besides hockey. Ago. 17 minutes ago, this team is not my beat or expertise, but I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be the first to admit it, but hearing there might be some news coming out of Fenway shortly. Okay, now back to the Blue Jackets. Now, my guy, let's go. Derek Robbins, two minutes ago, quote tweeted, just got the eyeballs emoji text, so buckle up. Things are about to go down, it sounds like. So How can I you not wish- do it? Nick, how can you not fire him? Like, let's I talk about this in the present sense. Assume he's going right now. Assume that the, the, it's coming tomorrow, right? Duh. Because you look at what's happening. You cheat in both locations. You win in both locations. You're the face of the franchise. You did it twice. MLB told you not to do it. And, the, and they told the Red Sox not to do it. Even before he was here, old good old friend John Farrell and Apple Watchgate, right? Like, the Red Sox have been told reportedly not to do it again. So, 
and then Alex Cora just comes in and does it. Like, it makes too much sense for them to fire him. That's why I kind of believe they're not firing him, just because it makes too much sense. But we'll have to see. Something that irritates me about this entire story is the people on Twitter who were just, who are, yeah, I know people. I, I'm of the belief that most MLB teams, a lot of MLB teams at least, are using these replay rooms to steal signs. Mm-hmm. It's just too easy. No, if everybody you, is. And if you didn't have monitors set up, if you didn't have, if you, to, the fact that in 2018 before the postseason that they just had these rooms unmanned, you could just go in and use them. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's on the MLB. At that point, you gotta cheat. <laughs> you yeah, have to they're, cheat. they're handing you cheating on a silver platter. Like if the like people have been comparing this a lot to Patriots and Spygate and all that crap. Patriots got like put someone a cameraman, put them on the sideline, whatever. Like they went out of their way to cheat. The Red Sox literally just used what was in their disposal. Like the league handed them this huge video room. Okay, I'm gonna use it. The Yankees did it. Everybody else does it. The Dodgers have reportedly done it. I don't understand why. I mean, the Yankees and Dodgers were mentioned in that initial kind of report when this all first started, right? Like, why isn't anyone looking at them? Because someone in the inside the organization didn't come back and say it vividly, yeah, we did something. Like, we did something illegal. So, look, if this news comes out tomorrow that Core's fired, it is what it is. He had a great run. He won a World Series. He's not going to take those away. But, I, again, I don't consider a lifetime ban something – that the league has an issue doing with this. And, and you get Nick, you have to, from a Red Sox point of view, may, the Red Sox need to do something. Especially because he was so heavily involved in both. Well, but also think about the timeline for this, right? The Astros news started like what, a month or two ago? Like it took them a long time to do their due diligence, which I'm glad they did, right? They took the time to learn all this stuff. But they said they, said they just started that investigation, what, yesterday, today? Nick, the pitchers and catchers for the Red Sox report in a month. If you don't fire Cora till the news breaks of what his punishment is, you're you're going into spring training with Alex Cora as your manager, and then he gets canned two weeks into it. They gotta they gotta figure all that out. He's gonna be fired. He's got like there's there's no way to get around it at this point. And sorry, I'm just I'm keeping my eye on Twitter to see if anything else pops up. But there is there's no way you get around it. Jim Crane fired Alex Cora. I mean not Alex Cora, AJ Hinch immediately. Immediately. Literally, the report came out, and then they had a press conference. It was like, okay, hey, <laughs> AJ Hinch, you're gone. Jeff Lunau, you're gone. There's Chris no Cat- way in hell. Chris Catillo, stay tuned for potential news tonight. It's a mass live. Uh, oh, Chris Catillo, Alex Cora, out as Red Sox manager. Red Sox, breaking news, Alex Cora is out as Red Sox manager. Wow. Well, guys, we're both on Twitter. If you haven't discovered that by now. Yeah, now, now, <laughs> sorry for the listeners. Breaking you news: guys, you Alex guys are Cora fired. <laughs> yeah, this is this is <laughs> this is wild. Wow. I thought this happened on the show because I would have been pissed if we finished recording this and then he got fired. Because that always happens to us. Full statement from the Red Sox. Do you want it? Quote: Today we met to discuss the commissioner's report related to the Houston Astros investigation. Given the findings in the commissioner's ruling, we collectively decided that it would not be possible for Alex to effectively lead the club going forward. We mutually agreed to part ways. Henry Warner and Kennedy added, this is a sad day for us. Alex is a special person and a beloved member of the Red Sox. We are grateful for his impact on our franchise. We will miss his passion, his energy, and his significant contributions, a.k.a. cheating, to the communities of New England and Puerto Rico. Cora added, I want to thank John, Tom, Sam, the players and coaching staff and the entire Red Sox organization. I especially want to thank my family for their love and support. 
We agreed today that parting ways was the best thing for the organization. I do not want to be a distraction to the Red Sox as they move forward. My two years as manager were the best years of my life. It was an honor to manage these teams and help bring a World Series championship back to Boston. I will forever be indebted to the organization and the fans who supported me as a player, a manager, and in my efforts to help Puerto Rico. This is a special place. There is nothing like it in all of baseball, and I will miss it dearly. End quote. Alex Cora. I just Bye. I actually just got the statement via email. And I'm tweeting it out right now. <laughs> this is insane. I mean, but we knew it was coming, though. Like, there was no way that they were going to get around not firing him. And you had to do it. You had to. What this, what Alex Cora did, Alex Cora, this is one of the biggest scandals in baseball history. It was called for what it is. Right? Well, yeah, because it's just it's one of those things where, as a team, you look at the league told you not to do it. Stein Ceiling's a problem. You knew the Astros did it. And now the Red Sox did it, too. Okay, the Red Sox firing this early, Nick, I more and believe that this might be a lifetime ban. They know something's coming. They know something's coming. If you like Alex Cora that much, you could get away with, you know, if you got suspended for a year, finding someone to do it in the meantime while you kind of rebuild and then have Alex Cora come back as your manager in 2021, right? You don't fire a guy that you love this much if you don't know something's coming. Right, and they had and they said glowing things about him. Yeah, this isn't something that's a year. Like, I think he gets worse than AJ. Because, like, again, Nick, think about it. AJ Hinch got a year. Their GM got a year suspension. And... They weren't even involved. AJ Hinch tried to stop it a couple, like a time or two. Like Alex Cora might. Yeah, but that's get... on AJ Hinch for you're the manager. Just tell them straight up. Don't don't pussyfoot around it. Tell them straight up. Wow. Bye bye. I'm so Alex... glad this happened. Bye bye, Alex Cora. Right, Which is tough because, like I said, like I said, and this is crazy live reaction here. Like I said. Alex Cora felt like the kind of manager who was going to be here for a while. He fit. He, he felt like fit, the next guy. Yeah. He fit Boston. He fit the Red Sox organization perfectly. He just he was a competitor. He felt it felt perfect. Now, if the Red Sox don't fucking hire Jason Veritek <laughs> as the next manager, I'm going to lose my shit. Okay. Who else makes sense? Like seriously, <laughs> you want some? You want some? But Nick, you want somebody that basically what Cora was? Former player, meant a lot to the city. Knows his baseball. We all sit here. Whoever, all of us baseball fans and fanatics sit here and preach how much catchers make phenomenal managers. He's your former captain, right? Beloved by the city. He's been around the team and basically on the bench almost every year. Why not just let him manage? Well, you know, you know who it's going to probably be. It's we're less than a month away right now. We're less than a month away. It's going to be Ron Renneke, the bench coach. You think? Yeah, they're gonna they'll just slide him up. Ron Ron Renneke, I mean, it's not it's not bad because he he has major league managing experience. He's and dealt he with this it, kind of stuff. Here, and he was here. Yes. So Ron Ron Renneke, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say Ron Renneke is the next manager of the Boston Red Sox. Wait, are there odds on that yet? Can we? There's no way. That, <laughs> there's no way it's out right now. <laughs> Can we do that? Let's do that live on the show. Um, look, you know, I wouldn't hate to have Jason Veritek have a more prominent role though. Like make him the bench coach. Make no, him, you know I mean, and I, I think, wish I, I hope he does. I think long term, Veritek makes a lot of sense as your manager. Um, my word, Yankees fans are going to come out of the woodwork tonight. Come out of the woodwork tonight on this one. It's tough, but it's the right move. They had to do it, Nick. They it's had the to. right move. They it's, had to exactly. Do it. It's the right move. There was no way to get around it at this point. You had to fire the guy. He was, like I said, he was the key component in one of the biggest scandals in baseball history. 
Wow. He less was than... the 15 months. I just saw Chris Contillo's tweet. Yeah. Less than 15 months after the winningest season in Red Sox history, both Dombrowski and Alex Cora are no longer with the Red Sox. Like, how nuts is that? It's it's unreal. I mean, this team's trying to get back on the tracks right now. This is this has been a wild offseason for Boston. They got High and Bloom. They got an analytics guy. And that's another key part of this, too, actually. It's High and Bloom. Now you're going to have to – you have to get a guy who's analytics-driven kind of like High and Bloom. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. High yeah. and Bloom, you're not going to get a guy who's just like a down, like hard-nosed manager. You got to get a guy who's going to go by the numbers. Damn. You got to get a guy but, like Alex Cora who went guys. by the numbers, who's analytics-driven. I don't think Veritek's very analytics-driven. I'll be honest. He's going to go – he's going to be like, guys, go out there. Punch some faces, hit the yeah. baseball. Take That's it. Names. That's all it comes down to. Hit some people in the face. Find A-Rod and stands when he comes, calls the game, and smack him for me, will you? All right, let's go play ball, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love it. I would love to be the manager. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. Dude, Ty Anderson broke the story. Like, Ty this Anderson started Ty Anderson started the rumblings. A hockey dude. Everybody's tweeting about it now. It's just it's just out there. Alex Cora's Jeff Passan, Alex Cora's out as a Boston Red Sox manager following the fallout of the sign stealing scandals that have enveloped baseball. And enveloped. Yeah, okay. Enveloped Red baseball. Sox manager Alex Cora Michigan to part ways from the MLB Twitter official. Blue check mark. Yeah. He's gone. Crazy. Well, I mean, that's it. That's really all we can do now tonight, huh? <laughs> I think we have to stop the show. Yeah, it is. I mean, We've exhausted all options here. Next, we we talked the next managers. We talked about what happened. We talked about what should happen, and that it did happen. <laughs> I would have been so fucking mad if we recorded this show and then minutes after this news broke. I would have been oh pissed. Lord. It always happens too. Always happens yeah. in the podcast world. It's happened to us a million times. Well, we're good. Couch Guys Sports show, Podcast, baby. episode number one hundred forty-one. Alex Cora. Fired. Alex Cora canned mid-show breaking news. That was electric. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, guys, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us and subscribe too on YouTube. Follow us on everything Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast has its own page, as well as Couch Guy Sports in general has its own page. And then you guys can follow us too on Twitter at Nick Quag. Jared, yours is Jared underscore Scally. Mm-hmm. Jared underscore Scally. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode 141 of the books. Guys, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.